Welcome, everybody, to Slab Stocks Week 17 NFL Recap. I'm your host, Nate, and this is the last NFL recap of the 2019 season. Uh, 2020 playoff, well, we're in 2020, so welcome to 2020. Uh, the playoffs start tomorrow. This is a Friday, Friday the 3rd. Playoffs start tomorrow on the 4th. Um, so this is the last week, our last recap for you of the year until next year. I've enjoyed doing them. I hope you've enjoyed listening to them somewhat. And, you know, if not learning anything, at least getting to have a look, quick recap of the NFL week so you're up to date on some stuff. Uh, this week, like other weeks, we're going to be going through news and notes. And then, and that's just stats from around the league. Uh, and then we'll be switching up a little bit. I'm going to cover a bad quarterback, quote unquote bad. He didn't really have, he was not terrible, but, uh, and I'm not even really going to cover his stats. I'm just going to cover his season. And then we're going to end the year by covering three good quarterbacks. I always, I usually do three good quarterbacks and then three bad quarterbacks, but I want to end the year on some good quarterbacks for you instead of ending on a negative note, which is what we usually do with the bad quarterbacks. So we will get into news and notes, I guess. Uh, start right here. Patriots lost to the Dolphins 27-24. I didn't get to watch the game, so I can't make too much of a comment on what happened to the Patriots. What I do know is Tom Brady played, and they still lost to the Dolphins. Um, and it was a must-win game for them if they wanted a first-round bye. They get a first-round bye almost every single year. They did not get it this year. And they have to play a Tennessee team that is hot. They have been Tennessee has been one of the best uh, offenses in the league since Ryan Tannehill took over. Ryan Tannehill has been really good. Derrick Henry was amazing. And that is a nice little segue into our next news and notes section, which is Derrick Henry. He had 32 carries for 211 yards and three touchdowns. And they beat the Texans 35-14. The Tennessee Titans went in to Houston, one of the better teams in the NFC, AFC. And they beat him 35-14. to Derrick Henry carrying the ball 32 times is outrageous. Getting 211 yards is outrageous. And three touchdowns is very, very nice. Um, as Derrick Henry goes and as Ryan Tannehill goes, the Titans go. And they definitely have enough to beat the Patriots. I would not be shocked if you watched the Patriots bow out in the first round. And then I wouldn't be shocked if Tom Brady, like, I don't know, retired. Um, so Derrick Henry, just an incredible week. Led the NFL in rushing yards this year, beating out Nick Chubb with his huge Sunday. Uh, and did not even play in Week 15, or else he would have had an even better season. Uh, number two on our list is Joe Mixon. He had 26 carries for 162 yards and two touchdowns. In my mind, I thought Joe Mixon had a pretty disappointing year. And then I looked at his end-of-season stats, and he still had like 1,100 yards rushing and five touchdowns. Um Almost like 450 of those yards have been in the last four games, so he really turned it on at the end of the season. But Joe Mixon, another nice week. Uh, we'll get to him more later. Damian Williams had 12 carries for 124 yards and two touchdowns. Damian Williams, you'll remember, was a hot name on the fantasy football circuits before the season. You know, that Kansas City didn't have any Kareem Hunt, uh, and so they were turning to Damian Williams to be their full time running back. And he was a little disappointing. He finished the year with 498 yards and five touchdowns and 200-plus receiving yards. Uh, he dealt with a number of injuries, um, so you can take that for what you will. But a uh, pretty disappointing year for a guy that a lot of people thought was going to be incredibly good. On the non-disappointing side of the, th of the world, we've got Michael Gallup, 
who had five catches for 98 yards and three touchdowns. I'm quite excited about Michael Gallup myself, if you will uh, allow me to dive into my own fantasy team here for two seconds. A couple years ago, all I had was running backs. I had Kareem Hunt and Alvin Kamara and Marlon Mack and Chris Carson, and um, that might be it. A number of running backs, though, really good running backs that can, you know, all have top 15 seasons. But my wide receivers were T.Y. Hilton and nothing else. Now my wide receivers are looking really good because I've got Cooper Cup, who is like the third-ranked wide receiver in fantasy, and DJ Chark and Michael Gallup to go along with T.Y., who was very disappointing himself this year. So Michael Gallup was uh, had a great year and finished it off strong with five catches, 98 yards, and three touchdowns. Uh, these next two wide receivers I got coming up are very surprising. Devontae Parker had eight catches for 137 yards, and Brashad Perryman had five catches for 134 yards and a touchdown, I believe. I didn't put it in my notes, but I believe he had a touchdown. Why I bring them up is because they're both former first-round picks, and they've both been very disappointing in their careers. Brashad Perryman came on late. Tampa Bay had injuries. Finished the year with 645 yards and six touchdowns on 69 targets and 36 receptions. You give him a full year, he's a 1,000-yard pass catcher, which is incredible. Devontae Parker, even better, he had 1,202 yards on 128 targets and 72 catches. Last year, he only had 309 yards. He gained 900 yards extra on the year this year than he did last year. So Devontae Parker and Brashad Perriman are two former first-round picks that are finally showing promise. Very exciting. Um... Hopefully, they'll be able to keep it up. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Bashard Perriman. Number one, I don't know if he's a free agent or not. You know how these things work with these one-year deals that teams usually give former failed prospects. They turn out, and then somebody else gives them a bigger deal. Happens a lot in baseball, at least. Um, so we'll see what happens with Bashard Perriman. Devontae Parker's interesting also. You know, you don't want to keep running Ryan Fitzpatrick out there. You want the quarterback of the future for the Dolphins, even though Fitzpatrick was amazing this year. Um... You know, you want to find a quarterback of the future, and who knows what happens with Devontae Parker with a new quarterback. Maybe the quarterback doesn't love him, and they run, fall into a system where he barely gets thrown to again. I don't know what happens. I don't know what happens with Bashad Perriman because, like we'll talk about later, Jameis Winston up in the air with him. So we'll see what happens with those two guys, but incredible ends of the year for them. Really nice to see two former first-round picks finally panning out a little bit. And then lastly, the Bengals have acquired the first pick in the draft, or, or were bad enough to get the first pick in the draft they didn't acquire. It was always there, already theirs. What's interesting is Joe Burrow, quarterback at LSU, Heisman Award winner, and playing in the national championship on Monday, went to high school in Plains, Ohio, which is a little under three hours, about two hours and 45 minutes, if Google Maps is to be trusted, away from Cincinnati. Um, I don't know if Joe Burrow grew up to be a Cincinnati Bengal fan, but he grew up pretty stinking close to Cincinnati. The closest NFL team he had to him was the Bengals, because um, Pittsburgh is west and up, and Cleveland was north of them a ways. Um, so Cincinnati would have been the closest team to them. I don't know if he grew up a Bengals fan. His dad was a coach at many colleges, and they moved around a lot. Uh but it'll be interesting. He's he's a hometown kid, going to be playing for the hometown team. 
Maybe he wanted to get away from the Bengals. If he watched the Bengals for years, I'm sure he probably did not want to play for the Bengals. They've been terrible. But if he looks, you know, and I'm sure he knows this, the skill positions on the players on the Bengals are pretty good. They're a bad team, but they're pretty good. You got A.J. Green, if he's healthy and not traded, two big ifs, two big ifs. A.J. Green, really, really good. Tyler Board, really good. Auden Tate, a nice, nice third receiver. John Ross, if he can stay healthy, a nice third receiver or a fourth receiver, deep threat at least. Tyler Eifert, if he can stay healthy. I did not realize this. I mean, you know Tyler Eifert's always injured, but he's been on the IR four out of the last six seasons. So Tyler Eifert's a fine tight end, not spectacular by any means, but fine, you know. And if he can stay healthy, that's decent. And then they got Joe Mixon, who had a perfectly fine year, 1,100 yards and five touchdowns. If Joe Mixon gets a nice quarterback in there, it should only help him out. Um, so their skill position players are incredible. Uh, I mean, not not incredible, but they're super nice. They're better than most other quarterbacks come into. If you think about the quarterbacks in the past couple years, you had Kyler Murray come into uh, Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald and a always injured David Johnson. You had Sam Darnold come into a situation where he got Robbie Anderson, and that's about it. You had Josh Allen this year, who had Devin Singletary, a rookie running back, and John Brown, who looked like he flamed out years ago as his top wide receiver. You've got Baker Mayfield last year when he came into the league with Jarvis Landry and a rookie Nick Chubb and David Njoku, who who hadn't done anything yet. So this situation here is so much better than the situations that other rookie running backs or rookie quarterbacks have come into. So I'm pretty excited about it. Obviously their team's really bad, but if Joe Burrows can do what he did in the first bowl game against uh why can't I think it, it was Ohio State and Clemson and uh LSU and Oklahoma. Obviously Oklahoma's a Big Twelve team. Big Twelve teams have terrible defense every single year without fail. But he annihilated them in the first half to the tune of like 403 yards and seven touchdowns in one half. So if Joe Burrow, and he was very precise, if he can do that in Cincinnati with the weapons that they're giving him, uh, he could surprise a lot of people um, and make the Bengals go from terrible to good relatively quickly. So excited about that. So that's our news and notes section for the day. Let's move on to our our bad, bad section. Um, only one guy. I don't even bring up his stats. Of course, it is Jameis Winston. You know, if you've listened to this enough weeks, that there is I have a I have a, I have a fascination with Jameis. Jameis is crazy to me. How bad and good he was all in one season. And there's just some interesting tidbits here that I had to bring up before we close the bell on the 2019 season, and that is Jameis Winston had 5,000 yards passing. That is the eighth, he's the eighth passer in NFL history to hit 5,000 yards in a season. He also was the first passer in NFL history to have a 30-30 season. Not 30 home runs and 30 stolen bases, but 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. Uh, That is both amazing and terrible at the same time. He was second in the NFL in touchdown passes, and first in the NFL 
in interceptions and first in the NFL in passing yards. So I'm it's it's bonkers. Obviously they threw a ton. Bruce Arians offenses always throw a ton. You watched him in in Arizona. Those Cardinals teams always had amazing passing attacks. But it's wild that a guy can go for 5,000 yards. That's not easily done. I know we're throwing the ball a ton today in today's NFL, but he's still only the eighth guy, and no other guy did it this year. He had 30 touchdowns. He was second in the league in touchdowns. That's not easily done. And he had 30 interceptions, which I guess could be easily done if you're really, really bad, but shouldn't. You know, 30 interceptions is difficult. You have multiple quarterbacks that you can add together. Uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers had four picks. Drew Brees had four picks. Lamar Jackson had six picks. A um, couple other guys in there. You know, you'd have to. You could get some of the best passers in the league, add them all together, and probably a list like six, seven guys, and they still wouldn't have as many interceptions as Jameis did this year. So I don't know what to make of it. His last interception, he almost made it where he didn't have a 30-30 season. He was sitting on 29 interceptions going into overtime, and his last interception was a pick six to end the Buccaneers' season. Just the most Jameis Winston way to end things. Um, I really like Jameis, so it's one of those things where he's just so interesting to me. Bruce Arians, if you guys didn't see this, Bruce Arians, when asked about winning with another QB, and this is his direct quote, he said, Another QB? Oh, yeah. If we can win with this one, and he's meaning Winston, we can definitely win with another one too. We're going to have this defense. Uh, a lot to unpack there. And then he also referred to Winston's season as so much good and so much terrible. Um, so a lot to unpack there from Bruce Arians' quotes. On one hand, you know, you look at Bruce Arians' passing game attack and stuff, and they probably can. You know, if they don't go after, if if they're not going to go after Jameis, they should go after like somebody like Teddy Bridgewater, right? Grab Teddy Bridgewater and see what he can do. Much safer, doesn't throw a ton of picks. It would be really interesting to see what Teddy B does in a Bruce Arians team. I'd almost be worried about him, especially with Perriman coming on to join Mike Evans and um, Chris Godwin. It would be one of the best passing attacks in the NFL. Um, I don't think they let him go. It'd be really risky letting him go and not getting uh, Teddy two gloves, Teddy Bridgewater in, um, or another quarterback. Maybe they try to trade for Nick Foles. I don't know how much guaranteed money is on Nick Foles' contract, but he's got three years left. It was a four-year, $88 million deal. So maybe the Jaguars trade him for a six-round pick or trade him with a pick for a pick you know something to sweeten the pot to get the Buccaneers to take him I don't know what happens there um but if they don't take Winston they've got options but I don't think they don't take Winston I think they take him back I think you can teach him you know how to not throw picks just to be a little bit wiser I think can be taught and you know maybe he goes to, from a 30-30 season to a 30-20 season you get 10 less picks on the year you're in a much better position to win games um, I think he probably stays. If he doesn't, I'd go after Teddy Bridgewater for them. Uh, I don't think I would draft somebody. I'd just take Teddy B and see what happens. But Jameis, he's a conundrum. He's fun. You know, throwing, something always happens. He's either throwing touchdowns or picks, but something always happens. It's been a, a beautiful season from him. Uh, 
probably very frustrating if you're a Buccaneers fan, but very fun to watch from the outside looking in. So there's our bad of the week. No prices, no stats, just, you know, wanted to talk about Jameis, but didn't want to end the year on Jameis because while he is fun, it was a pretty poor season, uh, all things considered. And then moving on to our good for the week, and these are our last three good quarterbacks of the week um, for the year. Uh, and I'm going to go back to front. Number three, Drew Brees. He went 19 for 30 for 253 yards, three touchdowns, and a 123.3 passer rating. Um, another good game from Drew Brees. They absolutely demolished the Panthers. I'm kind of hoping that Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers, because you know we're Packer fans here at Slap Sox, that he can look at Drew Brees and see what he does and just be like, all right, that's what I'm going to do for the back half of my career because whatever Rodgers is doing, it ain't working. He's been. I know we're 13-3, and three, and I'm sure some of you are fans of NFL teams that are not in the playoffs and probably getting grumpy with me that uh, I'm talking about the Packers like they're the worst team in the league when they're 13-3. and three. But if you watch the Packers every single week, has to be the worst 13-3 and three team of all time. And Rodgers is thro- throwing balls off his back you know, off his back foot that he just can't get the power on in his arm. Uh, Can't get throws to where he used to be able to with just a flick of his wrist. Uh, So he really needs to probably change how his game is played. And until he does that, he's going to miss a lot of throws, missing deep balls constantly, missing short passes. It's been been tough to watch. Um, So Drew Brees could be a nice... Uh, starting point for him on how to be an older quarterback that is still insanely accurate and good. Uh, and I took t- Drew Brees' tops rookie PSA 9 cards. Uh, PSA 9 because there wasn't a bunch of sales uh, for anything else. And before the game on Sunday, his cards were sitting around $95. After the game, his cards were sitting around $95. Uh, though there was one Buy It Now that was popped for 120 on December 31st. Otherwise, same prices. Same prices before the game and after the game. Well, we'll see what happens if he wins the Super Bowl. I could see a nice, we could see a nice boost there. Uh, number two on the list is Gardner Minshew. I realize I'm saying uh a lot also, so please forgive that. Sometimes you catch yourself when you're trying to think, and then you make an a noise that you're not meaning to make, and that's what happens here all the time. So... I'm sorry if I've annoyed you with uh all year. But back to Gardner Minshew. He went 27 for 39 for 295 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, and a 106.2 passer rating. Very nice showing from Gardner Minshew on the last game of the year. Nice to see that he did well, so they have some confidence going into the next season. Obviously, <coughs> excuse me. Obviously, they are going to run with him as their quarterback next year. I'm sure Nick Foles is going to get traded. I don't think they're going to want to sit on all that money the entire year and not play him. And they're also not going to want to sit Gardner Minshew because he's definitely the quarterback of the future. Presumably, as long as it wasn't, you know, usually when you got a mania like Linsanity or Minshew mania, it's usually short-lived and they're not amazing players. It's unexpected. But Gardner Minshew has still been putting up nice games after the whole mania has weared down. So, we'll see what happens with him. I think he's their starting quarterback. I think Nick Foles gets traded. It'll be interesting to see what it costs to get Nick Foles or what it costs the Jaguars to give up 
to get rid of Nick Foles. Um, I'm curious there. It should be a it should be a fun offseason between the Jaguars and the Buccaneers, seeing what they do with the quarterback situations. And I took Gardner Minshew Prism Silver rookies on December 18th. One went for $39 on bids on December 31st, which was a day after the games, two days after the games, two days after the games. Uh, one went for $47 on buy it now. So there's an there's a upgrade there, and that was with shipping on both of those. There's a $8 boost there, but it's a buy it now to bids. You know, somebody might have just decided they wanted it and paid the price. And then number one on our list is another quarterback that has a interesting offseason coming because we're going to have to find out if the Cowboys pay for him or not. And that's Dak Prescott. He went 23 for 33 for 303 yards and four touchdowns, one fumble, and a 138 point uh, 138 passer rating. Um, another incredible game from him. A disappointing year from the Cowboys. I believe they went eight and eight or seven and nine. I can't remember right now. Um, but they missed the playoffs. As of this recording, this morning, uh, Jason Garrett is out as the Cowboys head coach. So it'll be interesting who comes in. Hopefully, you know, maybe they grab like somebody like Lincoln Riley. Can you imagine? What a guy like Lincoln Riley could do with that Cowboys offense. You got Dak, if they pay him. You got Zeke Elliott. You got Amari Cooper. You got Michael Gallup. And you got that Dallas Cowboys offensive line. They're already one of the best offenses. Imagine getting a really, really, really good offensive coach in there. What could be done? They could set all sorts of records. So, an incredible game from Dak. An incredible season from Dak. He ranked as like the number two fantasy quarterback in all of football, but an underwhelming season from the Cowboys uh, in total. So they need a new quarterback in there. I mean, a new coach in there, and we'll see what happens. Uh, I took Dak's Prism Silver rookie PSA 10s on December 18th. One went for $63. And on December 30th, the day after the games, one went for $63.51. So a whole 51 cents more in a 12-day stretch um not much to be taken from it it was just the difference in shipping price there the end of the season nobody's really buying cards if you're buying cards now you're going to hold on to them for the entire offseason which is a foolish move so we don't have much movement on these prices here um but we definitely do have some interesting storylines between Dak and between Gardner Minshew and Jameis Winston and Devontae Parker and Brashad Perriman and the Bengals and all that. We've got some great storylines heading into the offseason. Should be very exciting. And then lastly, just to update you on the schedule, tomorrow, again, we're recording this on Friday. Tomorrow on Saturday, we got the Bills and Texans at 3.35 p.m. Central Time, and we got the Titans and Patriots at 7.15 Central Time. Um, should be two good games. I would not be shocked if the Bills and Titans came out victorious in both those games. The Bills, despite not having any offensive weapons outside of Josh Allen, are uh, an unbelievable defense, and the Titans have shown that they can beat anybody right now with Ryan Tannehill, of all people, as their quarterback. And then on Sunday, we've got the Vikings and Saints, a rematch of the Minneapolis Miracle at 12.05, and we've got the Seahawks and Eagles at 3.40 on Sunday. That Vikings-Saints game is very interesting. Obviously, you have the Viking Saints of a couple years ago where 
Stefan Diggs caught that ball and ran into the end zone. His time expired, and they won. And then you have years and years ago, 2009, I believe, you have Brett Favre game where the Saints were paid to take him out of the game. Um, so Saints and the Vikings have a lot of bad blood. Uh, and this is match up three. Uh, should be a great game. I think that's probably the one I'm most excited about just because of all the history there. But I think the Patriots and Titans should also be good on Saturday night just because the Titans have looked really good. Derrick Henry looks unstoppable. He's a huge man. Ryan Tannehill's been amazing and incredible for that offense. So that should be a huge game. And the Patriots just lost to the Dolphins. So either they're going to come out ready to just steamroll the Titans after being embarrassed by the Dolphins, or it's just not going to matter because the Titans are a new team with Tannehill at quarterback and not Mariota. So that is the that's a wrap on our 2019 NFL weekly recap. I'd like to thank you all for listening um, week by week. If you followed with week by week, or if you're just in and out, uh, depending on the week, doesn't matter. If you've even listened once, I appreciate that because I never thought anybody would listen to me, and now here we are, getting at least a couple hundred listens per one. Uh, so thank you for that. Look forward to next season and doing. Uh, weekly recaps i think it's a good way to stay up on prices for uh quarterbacks that are hot and quarterbacks that are going down and uh it's also a good way for all of us to keep up on you know relevant uh fantasy news and stuff like that so it's an enjoyable exercise for me i hope it's an enjoyable listening for you i know it's pretty short usually we don't take too much time of your day uh this one's going to be under 30 minutes so Anyways, for the rest of the... Well, this is Friday. Uh, Next week, we got some big things hopefully coming out. Uh, We'll have our same amount of podcasts. Um, Should have a couple basketball ones, baseball one. I don't know what we'll do in place of football. Maybe we'll have like a playoff recap, but there's really not too much to talk about there. So we'll see what happens, but we should have a number of podcasts out, a bunch of Instagram content, and then some uh, hopefully big news coming out on Monday. So thank you all for listening. I hope you all have a wonderful weekend, and I will talk to you again later.